Welcome to No Challenges Remaining. I'm Ben Rothenberg, joined for a sort of crossover episode here with Alex Gruskin of Cracked Rackets. Grusky, welcome to NCR once more. It's been a while since you've been on NCR. Happy to have you back. Oh, it is always a pleasure. And I feel like the CSI Miami to your CSI OG show, we have a crossover appeal here. You are on our Great Shot podcast here as well, talking a little Olympics. So I'm honored. Like, again, Courtney clearly has better things to do if I've gotten the call back three <laughs> times this year. But I'm very flattered. Always a pleasure to chat. Well, Courtney is away currently on uh, a trip somewhere. And I you are here. We did a so we did a show on your show, which is coming out on Friday of this week about the Olympics and more sort of from an existential level, like what does it mean in the in tennis and the Olympics and what's the value of it more. But we're going to do a, a quicker show here on the NCR feed, a sort of classic NCR sort of draw show, a little bit accelerated from our normal, not going to be quite as granular as we do with the slams. And the draws are also half the size. We're only doing singles here, obviously, uh, at NCR. Uh, you posted these draws on Twitter. I'd, you were the first one I actually had seen them from, which thank you for that. Uh, you want to talk about the men or the women first? How well, are you feeling? First of all, I was told we were talking critical race theory and the need to abolish the filibuster. I prepared a Joe Biden impression and everything. I was going to come, Ben, come on. I'm serious. First of all, number one, we did the one thing. Two, the draws. Three, women's singles, me and Barack. But I guess I'm not going to get to do that now. But no, when I look at the draws... I don't know what any of that was. Okay, <laughs> Sorry. Leave it in. Uh, no, let's start with the women's singles, I okay. would say. We'll because I think the parody you, you see in this event uh, echoes the parody we see in every big event in the yeah. women's game. And I look up and down the draw, and I think... One of the big things for me coming out of Wimbledon is how dominant of a force is Ashley Barty at the top of the women's game. Certainly, she wins Wimbledon. She's you know made a couple of quarterfinals at the Slams this year. I think she's won like 85% of her matches. It's four titles, five finals, and 10 total events, eight quarterfinals in those 10 events. The point being, she's been awesome. But we haven't seen her tested against Osaka, and Osaka's in this draw and that right away to me is storyline number one. So that's gold medal match. So that's like yeah. that's more zoomed out even than I want to get. Cause I want to get a little bit sure. a little bit more granular than that. Oh, let's talk about Barty's. Let's talk about Barty's quarter. Okay. All right. So Barty's path, the path of medal rounds, as we call it in this Olympic edition of the show. Different language here, different looking draws. Even like the draws have the rankings right next to the player names, which is just convenient and lovely. Thank you, ITF, for that service you do to all of us in your draws. <laughs> Ash Barty has a, I think, a tough draw by the other seeds in here. I mean, like she gets the the high seed in her eighth in her quarter of the draw is Barbara Krejcikova, who has been the dominant, the informed player besides Barty. Of the summer, you know, winning Strasbourg, winning the French Open, winning uh, Prague, and then playing fourth round and playing Barty decently tough in the fourth round there uh, in her first Wimbledon main draw. That's a tough That's a tough assignment for Barty. Barty opens to get a little more granular. Barty again. Barty opens against Sarah Servis Tormo. Again, not an easy draw. Someone who's on the come up here. Uh, not, a t- not a bad second round against Sevastova or uh, Fiona Farrow. Then possibly French Open uh, finalist... Uh, Pavlyuchenkova in the in the third round before she gets Krejcikova or maybe uh, Bencic or Pagula. Pagula Bencic, which I think is the the toughest first-round match in this women's draw. But what do yeah. you make of the Barty quarter overall? What stands out to you in that quarter? Well, I think the big thing is she avoided a big hitter. And that's the thing for me with Ashley Barty. And I do have the numbers in front of me now. And 
you know, she's number one ELO rating, number one 2021 ELO rating. She's number two in hold, excuse me, number three in hold percentage, trailing just Osaka and Brady. She's into the top 20 in return percentage for the first time in her career. Her last 52 week number is a career high number at 38.7%. I just don't. So I read a miscellaneous report that a Dutch coach was quoted as saying these courts are very slow and the ball is You mean an anonymous report? What is, what is a no, miscellaneous it, report? No, 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 because it wasn't anonymous. It was miscellaneous in that I don't know if I should trust the source or not. It wasn't anonymous. The coach was on the record. Okay, let's find an appropriate number. adjective here. We're going to pause here. <laughs> okay. A, I, a dubious report? Dubious is, is suspect, yeah. Dubious suspect. Okay, that, that I don't think that means anything near what miscellaneous means. But well, okay. it was kind of like because I don't think that was the point of the article. It was it was a, a throwaway quote. It was a miscellaneous quote in a non. Here's what the surfaces are playing like article. That's you know what extraneous, I, I extraneous, extraneous. Maybe. extraneous you know, I graduated from Michigan before you, Alex, and it was an elite institution in my day. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> LS and A used to mean something, um, but. <laughs> Um, no, and the thing is, yes, Krachikova, very, very good. But one of the big things for me, and this is not, I hate the word asterisk. I would say, I'm stealing here from Bill Simmons, it's footnote. There are footnotes to every title. And it just, the number of footnotes you have attached to your title varies from event to event. One of the first footnotes when you look back at this Barbara Krachikova 2021 French Open title will be the fact that Ashley Barty had to withdraw in the second round with an injury. And I'm not saying directly, oh, I guarantee you Barty would have beaten Krachikova. But given her form during the clay court season, and she was on the short list, her, Sviantec, a hypothetical healthy Halep. Those were the three throughout the conversation of the French Open. And I would love to see Krachikova tested uh, by an Ashley Barty. I would love to see that matchup happen because you look for Bar- yeah. Barbara Krachikova, as good as she's been in her last 52 weeks, and she's a top 25 clubber, top 25 in both hold and break percentage, 51-17 and 17 in her last 52, 22-2, and two, three titles in her last five events. Wins over Sakari, Goff, those are excellent. Then you get to like a Kennan, Svitolina, you know, Rabakina sort of wins. She hasn't beaten a top five, in, an informed top five player. And Fair. I would like to see that test against Barty, particularly if this is a slow surface and the balls are dying after five games, like the extraneous report seemed to indicate. There we go. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think this is I think this is Barty Krachikova pretty much. Uh, Pagula again. I think we'll see how the courts are playing. Like you said, I have heard they're playing slow. I think I did see that as well. And so we'll see. How would how you that... describe your report for the record? Because your sources are better than mine. I would say uh, <laughs> I would say not memorable. I just remember seeing, I picked it up in the ether somewhere. Okay. Some uh, some Sweet. atmospheric report. Okay. Of, of, of slow courts that I just scrolled past on Twitter and didn't really pause that, but somehow osmoted into myself. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. Can so I just quickly yeah. say in this match, the underrated match is Yastremska Fernandez. Either I saw one... your tweet with all its exclamation points on that. Okay, so now maybe why? not maybe not 2024, but 2028. If I told you that's the semifinal match, am I crazy? I mean, like... <clears throat> I know random, I'm thinking long that is, such a, that is such a random prediction. I don't even know how to process it. Like, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Like, who knows? I'm who just saying. Tennis? It's the Yastremska Revenge Tour. I'm not seven-year futures. I'm not saying I'm on the Yastremska uh, Revenge Tour bandwagon. I'm saying in her head it's the Yastremska uh, Revenge Tour. And Layla Fernandez is one of the young stars who have stolen some of that Yastremska shine. That's why the match is 
appealing to me. I also think it's a fun contrast of styles. Fernandez does a little bit of everything. Yastrzemska, it's one speed, and that's always appealing. It's something. I mean, yeah. I, I, I <laughs> You I'm said get decided. granular. Your words. Get yeah, you're granular. right. You're right. Okay, that's 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 granular. I, I, I I'll do 10 shot. minutes on Benchich if you want. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't know how much Yastrzemska shine there was, but so, here we go. you know Elena Gabriela Russa, the WTA yes. Tour, first-time champion three weeks ago? In do you Hamburg, know she's yeah. only six months younger, 23 years old, only six months younger than Belinda Benchich? That blew my mind. I was like, oh my – like, Belinda Benchich was a 97. Like, she is still not technically in the prime of her career. For the Benchich stands listening. I know you have Benchich. a big Swiss following. Benchich is still young. Benchich is the same age as Osaka. I'm putting yeah. it on you. Osaka is still young. You say All I'm right. young. She's younger than me. There you go. Second quarter. Now, you mentioned they're not being the big, big hitters in uh, the Barty quarter, and that's pretty much right. But there are the big hitters in this quarter here. Sabalenka is the high seed at number three here. Muguruza is in here, too, at number seven. Petra Kvitova at number 10 could play Muguruza in the third round. And then Elena Rybakina is here in uh, as the 15th seed opens against uh, Samantha Stoser. Uh, Sabalenka opens against Maggie Lynette, who's quietly had a very solid uh, run, actually, lately. Lynette playing some, playing some pretty decent ball lately. <laughs> I think this is a intriguing section you know i think that muguruza leads that i know you love stats you have so many stats muguruza leads <laughs> already so many stats muguruza leads the uh the tour in hardcore wins this year mm-hmm. uh she will may not realize but she does because she had such a great great start to the year tough first round for her against veronica kudermatova uh i didn't mention that earlier and not too many of the unseateds, I think, really worth pausing on for too long here in this section. Honestly, I think this is going to be about the bold face names. And except for maybe Kudermatova could beat uh, Muguruza. But I I think this could go – I could make a case for all four of the of the, of the seeds in this quarter. I Petra Kvitova, you know, won bronze in Rio. She knows how the Olympics work. She's she's there again. Uh, and one of the – I think she's the only medalist from Rio who's back. She might actually be – Wait, is she? Yeah, I think she's the only singles medalist in the past who's in this draw period, if mm-hmm. my counting is right. Is Zvonareva in here? I see Kvitova. I do not see Zvonareva. No, so Zvonareva's not in there. Then, yeah, then, yeah, she's the only one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's kind of remarkable in its own way. Who do you, who do you, who, who, how do you see this uh, quarter playing out? I you know you're have, excited about Sabalenka. Well, I've got a couple of stats here. I just on a side note, quick tangent. You ever have, like want a joke in your head, and you're like, "Should I let it go?" Because we've kind of moved past the topic. Is it better really than the like Biden joke? Because that did not work at all. Oh, you're so Ben. Come on. Come I'm trying on. to be supportive. I'm not playing but... around, Ben. Be real. I'm serious, folks. Come on. Um... If you think your Biden is good, you got. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's it's not that good. It's not that good. <laughs> it's not that good. I agree. I'm working on it. Look. Put okay. yourself out there, folks. That's all I ever ask. Um, no, the, the point I was going to say, do you know there's a, a Twitter account dedicated to the Masaki Doi Army? Like, did you know I'm that? I'm aware fact? of this. I'm aware that, of this. It's my favorite Twitter account, Doi Army. Shout out. Um, give them the Ben bump after this podcast. But quick facts, top 15 club. Your top 15. Doi isn't even in this quarter. No, I know. That's why I said I should have <sighs> let it go. That's why I should have let it go. You uh, let it she, go. she was in the first quarter. Again. Whatever. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm trying not to swear. Um, 
You but can yeah. swear if it's going to take less time whatever you're doing now. Top 15 club. Top 15 and hold percentage how frequently you hold serve, break percentage how frequently you break serve. You have two of the four members of the top 15 club in this section. In Arena Sabalenka, who's your wins leader over the last 52 weeks, and Garbine Muguruza. Now, Muguruza hasn't played her best tennis of late, but I thought she played a really good match at Wimbledon despite losing in, the I think it was the third round. And, Shabur, uh, great match. Yeah, yeah and... I think she's absolutely dangerous. I have a prediction on the line. She wins a Grand Slam this year. I'll throw an Olympics in the mix as well. There's no reason she can't. I mean, the name that's so easy to fall in love. I, the sabalenka Rabakina rematch, I think we all want it. Like, power tennis at its finest. And, you know, I, we talk about this on our podcast and at Great Shot Pod. You can find it at CrackedRackets.com. You can find it at iTunes, Spotify, wherever you want to listen to your podcast. But... We talk about the Olympics as a boot, uh, as using it as a you know a lift into a push into the next big push in your career. Using it like an Andy Murray did in 2012, he wins that he goes on. You to did talk about that on, on your on the show. We did, yes, I, I did indeed. And Sabalenka is the obvious name to circle, coming off of her first Grand Slam semifinal, and you could see if you watched her fourth round match. And the Rabakina matchup, by the way, was perfect for her because she didn't have to think that much in terms of a tactic standpoint. See ball, hit ball, big. Because if I don't, Rabakina going to do it. But you could see just 30 pounds of stress. Kind of, that's the approximate estimate. You know, I didn't have the full scale out there, but 30 pounds of stress come off of her shoulders after she won that match and just like, I'm into a second week. And the freedom she played with, even against Pliskova, may not have been her best match, but it wasn't a match she was tight in. She just didn't execute perfectly. I think she comes into this confident. She... I think she's the biggest threat to Barty. Like, Barty's the favorite to me. That's and fair. again, I know we're not supposed to get that uh, big picture, but I, no, that's she's, fair. I know, and she's the three seed, but like, her best on the tour has been as good as anyone else's best this year. No, so she's my favorite. That's totally, you're at the right level of Zoom because we're getting to yeah. who's coming out of the quarter, and you say, then Sabalenka can make such a threat to Barty. So that's good. Yes. They're starting with the number one and number two seeds right at the beginning. It's not quite as <laughs> pyramidal, you know. Should say, I go back you know? to the Biden? You want to work your absolutely not. You you go work your way through a bit, uh, and let's go to the next quarter here. Uh, Carolina Pliskova is in here, the Wimbledon finalist recently. If the high seed is Elena Svitolina, who's number four. Pliskova five. Uh, Jim Brady back at number eleven is the top American in this draw, and uh, Maria Sakkari uh, is in here as the fourth seed in this section at number fourteen. There's some tough first. This is a tough section. Uh, just in terms of like loaded, I think this is one some of the ones with the, some of the tougher uh, floaters, especially the the Pliskova Brady eighth of the draw. Uh, Pliskova opens <laughs> against Cornet. Uh, Jabir versus Suarez Navarro is a tough first round here. Carlos Suarez Navarro playing her last Olympics. Uh, Vesnina against Ostapenko is in there too, and then Brady opens against Camilla Giorgi in a hard hitting match. It's gonna be maybe a tricky opening for Brady potentially after having pulled out of. All tournaments since the uh, French Open. She hasn't played since the French Open, correct? And so uh, it's going to be interesting to see who gets out of here. I don't really see an obvious gold medal favorite in here unless it's Pliskova. Or I could even throw, well, you know, honestly, some if you want dark horses here, I think both Jabir and Ostapenko are worthy dark horses. I think they both played some big tennis at times this year. Uh, in this on the grass season, even Jabir played really well. Uh, Ostapenko won Eastbourne, obviously, and was in good shape until she had her ab injury against Tomjanovic, famously, in that match. And so, yeah, I could I could see them coming out through, or or maybe maybe Sakari, uh, who I know is a big Olympics uh, lover, being from the home of the Olympics in Greece. 
who, who, how do you see this quarter shaking out here? Quick trivia, I swear. Four players in that top 15 club. Muguruza, Sviantek, Sabalenka, and one player in this section. Can you guess it? Um, soccer? It's Own Jabour. She's the ah. other top 15 member. And I think that makes sense when you think about her game. So well-rounded, plays with variety, sneaky good mover. I don't think people give her enough credit for that first step, her ability to take that ball early. And, of course, once she gets a lead, she gets to get into her bag. She gets to bring out the drop shots. She gets to bring out the surf and volleys, do all of the fun things that make Own Jabour one of the most enjoyable players on tour right now to watch when clicking, of course, Pliskova, a player when clicking, always dangerous. Now, you know, there are, there are 12 players, I said rapid fire, 12 players who rank top 25 in both hold and break percentage. Two of them play first round. Maria Sakkari taking on Annette Conteve. You once mocked me openly for wanting to name two, those two players as two of my most interesting entering the 2020 U.S. Open. They were on my short and list. How, and how did they do with the 2020 U.S. Open, those two well, players? Well, Conteve lost to the eventual champion in Osaka. I think Sakkari lost to Serena in a three-set match that was certainly enjoyable, memorable enough that I remember what happened. Yeah, um, that wasn't so, the worst. But like yeah. my picks for that tournament were like, who's the ones to watch? I was like, Serena and Osaka. And you were oh, like, what about Conteve? Congratulations. Like, mm. You picked the two most obvious names on the list. I picked the uh, champion i'm not here to be wrong <laughs> and interesting it's true I, again yeah. your logic is sound i can't deny that point being they're just two uh, litmus test players it's like if you can beat sakari and conteve you're probably an elite player right now in the game they're both you know top 10 yeah, in that's wins a, t- that's a tough that's a tough, tough match yeah and so i think those two whoever wins that match is the favorite to come out of that mini round of 16 section i would argue perhaps even the favorite to come out of this section overall and in fact i'm gonna take the winner of that match conteve or sakari to advance out of the court hard courts surface Mm. they both play well on that's my pick yeah i don't know if conteve has that kind of big stage run on her she hasn't made this is essentially like just a, a rung below a slam i think in terms of pressure in terms of everything like that and she hasn't made those kinds of runs to like a slam semi type situation um so i mean she's a little bit untested my my sort of leaning here is, is pliskova we'll see how how Fidelina is doing uh in her new uh married life also she changed her twitter name to alina malfis curious who changes it on the rest of the tour as well but for now in this olympic draw she is still alina Svitolina. uh yeah let's one thing i'll say also on the draw generally looking at especially you mentioned something like the sakari contivate first round like there's not too many dead spots in this draw and the men's draw has some real dead spots, which we'll get into, um, where you see like real triple-digit numbers going up against each other in the first round in terms of ranking. But the 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 women's draw has held up better in terms of the withdrawals, in terms of that, and has the, obviously the depth too of so many players feeling relevant that it feels feels okay. But no one's been more relevant at the Tokyo Olympics in tennis than Naomi Osaka, uh, who on the women's side, obviously. Maybe you can make a case for Djokovic, but I think it's still Osaka's going to be the most closely watched player at this tournament. We have not seen her since she pulled out of the French Open second round. She opens against Zheng Sai Sai. Uh, not a bad draw for her, really. Uh, she gets uh, Golovic or Osorio Serrano in the second round. And then Kiki Burtons, who's in her final tournament of her career, uh, potentially is the seed there against Vondrosheva. And then also Bujarneski and Allison Risk. So no one who's like hugely in form, really, in, in her first three rounds, I would say. And then she could place her buddy Iga Sviantek in the uh, quarter or potentially Elisa Mertens. I like this draw for Naomi a lot. I think I think she could not have asked for much more, honestly. What do you think? 
Gullivick's the scary one. 40, I think, 6 and 16 over her last 52 weeks. Now, a lot of that, and I may be a few losses off, but a lot of that has come over uh, or on the ITF level, but she made the big run at Wimbledon. She's someone who plays power tennis. And by the way, Golubic, I think, is the last one-handed backhand in the top 100 right now in the women's game. Absolute cannon coming off of that side of the wing and, you know, forehand as well. If you give her time in the center of the court, she's going to tee off on the ball. Now, of course, Osaka, with her serve being as it is, and, you know, she's the number one server right now in hold percentage in the women's game. It's a bad matchup for Golubic, and Golubic's going to have her hands full in round one anyways with young ascending former world junior number one Maria Camilla Osorio Serrano. But I think that second round match is tough. I think that is going to be. I think Sasa is saying that's that's a match that Osaka should get through comfortably. But I think round two's the the real litmus test. Sorry to use that term again. That's one of my go tos uh, for Osaka early in the tournament. Now the tennis hipsters they're locked into that Putin, Seva, Podoroska, Alexandrova, Merton side. That those are four interesting players for many different reasons. None of them are going to have that fantastic upside, you know, that wow you power, that wow you one thing um, they do on the court, but they all do a bunch of things really well. And then, of course, on the top of the draw sits Iga Sviantek. Was it Rogers Cup 2019 when Sviantek and Osaka played? What was that second, third round? Yeah, or? that's correct. And they were like, at the end, they were like, we should be friends. And yeah, they were. It, it was great. And, and, Courtney deserves all the credit for that. Courtney totally match made that. Yeah, no, I, and I remember her talking about that as well. And so, uh, again, where are you, Courtney? We miss you. Um, respond to my emails. But, you know, got to do what I got to do. She came um, on your show eventually. I know. She, she's wonderful. She's lovely. Yeah, it's just, it's shameless plug. Um yeah. It's Plug an interesting, like, I don't know. To your desperation? Yeah. Did I mention I'm wearing yeah. an Iowa shirt right now? Shout out to Iowa women's tennis. Um, yeah, it's fascinating just because I, I do think there are a lot of tests for Osaka. Like, I disagree. No matter who comes through the section, even if it's Sviantek knocked out early by Apollo Bedosa, even if it's that a Mertens, Like, there's, there's a lot of different permutations of this draw that end with a Naomi Osaka early round loss. I just think it's relatively comfortable. I think Sai yeah. Sai is a good opener for her. Yes. I think Golubich, obviously, she made just Wimbledon quarters, but I don't think her game is like, especially on a slow, hard court. I don't, if that's what we're getting here, I'm not that worried about it for her. Uh, pretty straightforward. Burton's, I don't see making it to the third round, honestly, and no one else in that section of Buzernetsky, Risk, or Vondrosheva uh, is, is that dangerous to name it to. I think overall, relatively, I think she did okay here. Mm-hmm. Um, so who wins? Uh, I have a theory, or not a theory, just I'm going to go down with this. Sabalenka's going to win a big title in her career, and until she does, I am going to pick her at every hard at every event that's not a hard-court slam Naomi Osaka is in. Now, okay. technically, this is a hard-court big event. I don't know if it's quite a slam, but I'm just going to stick with Sabalenka because her upside to me is better than everyone else's. I, the last stat... 14 of her last 16 losses have come in three sets. So even when she loses, there's 20 minutes in every match where you're just like, man, she's fucking better than me. And like, then there's 10 minutes where it's awful, but those 20 minutes exist as well. Let's root for the 20. Let's hope to avoid the 10. Give me Sabalenka. So do you want the full panel of medalists? No, no. So you're thinking Sabalenka. Yeah, well, sure. Okay, sure. Give me your give me your podium. Give me your podium. Sabalenka, Sabalenka gold. All right. So then you got to pick somebody else from the bottom half for silver. Oh, I hope it's give me Osaka. I'll take Osaka okay. for the Osaka silver. Osaka silver, and then someone from one of those other two quarters. 
mm-hmm. from uh, for bronze. Ashley Barty. I'm so plain here. Give me the three, the okay. two, and the one seed. That's horrible. That's wow, really, that's horrible. That's, that's, I mean, at least you didn't put them in order, but yeah. I regret my, I regret I it right will away. take, I'll take Osaka. I mean, I feel like she's just so good at like tournaments where she I puts know. her mind to it. This is going to be so important to her, this tournament. And she's a really good closer when she gets deep in tournaments. So I'll take Osaka, even though I, that's not a fair, that's not to put pressure on her because she has not played in so long. I don't think she's been training fully this whole time either. Uh, but I just kind of count on that. So I don't know what her fitness is like or anything. Mm-hmm. But kind of bank on that sort of – and her obviously mind, everything going on in the world with her is tough. But I just I, – it's, it's hard for me to bet against her in the Tokyo Olympics of all things. I will take Osaka for gold. I will take Barty for – although I kind of want to take Krejcikova. Ooh, it's interesting. Tempted by Krejcikova. If it's not Sabalenka, my dark horse is Rabakina. I, she's the non-top tenor mm, I think could not my dark that's horse, my one. My uh, I'm um, so in on that bandwagon. Okay, to be interesting, I will take Krejcikova silver, beating yeah. Barty in the quarters. And then let's go let's go Pliskova bronze. Yeah, I'm just, just trying to be a little different here. No, I feel horrible. Like I would should I take Muguruza? The thing is I've picked Muguruza. Why do you feel horrible? Which... Your picks were valid enough. They're yeah, fine. but so you know what, I'll be interesting for the men. Let's let, we can switch gears. I think that's the place where you don't want to be interesting because the first line of the men's draw is Novak Djokovic. Who's the I mean, one everything seed. else. Uh, interesting okay. about everything else. Novak Djokovic is the number one seed here. He opens. The question is like, what does a tough draw look for look like for him? I mean, basically the the draw losers because you can't win a medal. If Djokovic medals, you can't win a medal from his quarter. So the draw losers are everybody in his quarter, essentially. <laughs> um, starting with Hugo Delian of Bolivia, who's his opening opponent. Then he gets Jan Lander Tiago Montero. Then his seed is Alejandro Davidovich Fokina. Uh, John Millman, I know I mentioned in your in the episode I did with you, like John Millman's a, a plausible like metal dark horse who would like make his career. He won like a bronze medal in Tokyo. No He's longer. unfortunately in this uh <laughs> in this eighth. Uh so no no that dream is not here for him. Uh Gail Mafis is in this section uh, in in this recorder, uh, has not changed his name to Gail Svitolina, I will point out here. Uh the real draw loser here is Andre Rublev who is the number five seed uh, in R- from ROC, which is what they're calling Russia. The abbreviation she says Russia is still a little bit decertified in the Olympics. And also Kenny Shikori is open against Rublev. Uh, that's one of the sort of big men's first-round matches. Probably the big one, obviously, with K and Japanese tennis and everything. So Rublev is there as the as the real, I think, the only threat to stop Djokovic from making the medal rounds. I mean, this is a good draw, even by Djokovic standards of him being a huge favorite. And this is an unchallenging draw, except for Rublev. Well, Do you want to disagree with me? So Norber, Norbert Gombos has... No. Um, no uh, <laughs> that's, a, so, that's a good joke. <laughs> if you were starting with Gombos for real, I would... That's, that's, you, got, well, you got me there. You got, it, that was so you. much better than your body material, my guy. <laughs> well, the obvious case is Jan Leonard Struff. The moment you think it's an easy walk over for Struff, that's when he plays well. No, because when Struff has expectations, he loses. He beat Medvedev. I'm not saying it's like a tough Shruf draw. With due you respect had, to Jan Leonard Shrew, okay. he doesn't lose only under certain circumstances. No. He loses frequently. Be, okay, you he asked Jan me. Jan Leonard Shrew. All right, it was a shitty question. Who's going to challenge Novak Djokovic? No You could have said nobody. You didn't have to, it didn't have to be double's advocate. You could have no, said nobody. No, I recommended the three, two, and one. Like, come on. Like, I, I got I to gotta make up for it here. All I'm saying is who, like, in the first week of the event it might make Novak Djokovic sweat a little bit. It's like, all right. <laughs> 
or one week events? <laughs> Good question. The first <laughs> three days. Yes. Okay. So, and the answer is Jan Leonard Struff will serve big. And like if Struff serves big, you can get to a tiebreaker. And if you get to a tiebreaker, you're in a tiebreaker. And sure, at least you can say, hey, I played Djokovic to a tiebreaker, but like he's winning the tiebreaker. Um, I mean, I would love to see him play Musetti again. You could make a case to yourself, Ben, three sets at the Slams Rothenberg, that Lorenzo Musetti was up two sets to love on Djokovic at the French Open. And so it's not like a real threat because Djokovic didn't, I don't want to say start trying, that's too mean, but he didn't lock in until the third set. Um, Yeah, Djokovic is going to make the quarterfinals, semifinals of this event. Like he's going to win it. Um, so, so let's talk about let's talk specifically about Djokovic Rublev, which is really I think the only possible match of interest in here. Is that a Rublev match that it's... Rublev that Rublev can do anything with? Well, he's a top fifteen guy, and there are five, uh, one, two, three, four, five guys on the men's side who are top fifteen in both hold and break percentage. That list very easy to guess: Djokovic, Nadal, Medvedev, Zverev, Rublev, and it makes sense that Berrettini and Tsitsipas, with their backhands, aren't on that list when you think about it. But you know, it's funny if if I told you, all right, let's just play last guessing game. I swear, how many matches has Andre Rublev played over the last fifty two weeks? Top of your head? Ooh, I would say like seventy. 80. He's played yeah. 80 matches. That's the most on tour now. He also leads the tour in wins, but he's 62, like 62 and 18. That's Dominic team esque. He was the heir apparent. Like he's replaced team. I'm playing every event. I'm being on court because I want to compete. And it's obviously born fruit for him. He's now a solid top 10 player. He's going to be competing for world tour finals for years to come. He is one of the 10 players who always matter if they are in an event on the ATP tour. And he's certainly got the weapons to go down swinging, right? It's really stupid to say, and at Great Chad Pod for the Jokic fans who listen to me at, to this, who are like, you're right, that is stupid to say. Um, sorry, don't give me that look. But to beat Djokovic, you have to hit through him. And it's the hardest thing in the world on a tennis court to do. And only three people are really capable of doing it at their best. And they're Prime Federer, Prime Stam, and Prime Del Potro, who obviously did it first round 2016 Olympics. It's one of five times I've ever seen Djokovic lose when he plays his best tennis. Like, Rublev will go down swinging. He has that going for him. The question is, is he consistent enough to pull it off? I've seen Daniil Medvedev find the Rublev backhand and just break Rublev down enough on a hard court that I think Djokovic will do that as well. And so that's my concern. Now, the other way to beat, I suppose, Djokovic is to be able to hang with him physically, a la prime Nadal and, yes, prime Andy Murray. Go watch the footage, 2012, Mm -hmm. 2013, 2015, 16. He could hang Mm -hmm. with them. They took tennis to a new realm. I know you're agreeing. I just, come on, got to plug Andy Murray. Why do you think he's got metal hips now? His hips do lie. But, like... Novak Djokovic is winning. He like I love you, Andre. I am a huge Rublev fan, but we saw at Wimbledon Djokovic didn't play his best tennis in any match, and yet he was never truly pushed. He's thirty four years old, and yet he exists in a world different than everyone else in the tennis world. And so he's the guy in this court. I yeah, it's a question of if Rublev can last. I do think the best of three thing is meaningful. Like, you can sort of swing away and Djokovic will have less time to turn things around. The question is, like, I'm the t- Rio Olympics, to name a corollary event, one of the slowest conditions of all times in tennis. Just absolutely glacial pace. Out there. I watched some, a little bit of clips of Delpo-Murray final. That match was a slog. Yeah. I mean, even with Delpo on the court, just like, struggling to hit through it. Uh, in that fourth set especially, just like, yikes. Tough, tough to watch that match, honestly, for me. Just not aesthetically my style at all. Uh, but... You're yeah, wrong, Rublev, but it's okay. 
No, just completely right. I know one pl- one person, actually, who's specific, one player who changed his mind about best of five because of that match. He's like, <laughs> I couldn't watch that match. That was impossible. I can tell you who it is. A lot is of Del Post slices. Anyway, so Rublev, uh, yeah, he's. I think he's the one guy with a shot of keeping Djokovic out of metal. I just don't see the rest of it happening. Rublev could lose to Nishikori, though, or he could lose to Monfils. Shout out no. also in here before he, we play the next okay. quarter. Can I just say... He will not lose to Monfils. Like, okay. I think Nishikori brief shout out, yes. brief shout out, not competitive relevant. Brief shout out to Federico Coria, okay. who just recently made the Bostad final. He did, and during the trophy ceremony, was reading Google Translate phrases in Swedish off his phone. Aww. Adorable. It's adorable. very sweet of him. Very adorable content. All right, the next quarter I think is sort of the is the softest quarter I think here. It is the quarter led by number four seed Zverev. Who the seven seed is her catch in here too. Her catch has a tough first round against Martin Fucevic, who's been a solid player this year. And Aslan Karatsev is in here. Like he hasn't had a strong few months. He moves cooling off finally after his unreal start to the year. Uh Zverev opens against uh Rendy Liu, who's ranked five seventy three and finally has run out of protected rankings, apparently, because he's not in the US Open entry list I saw. But his I mean, this guy, I was looking at his tennis abstract, Rendy Liu. Rendy Liu has won one match since april 2018 and he keeps getting in to all these tournaments it's crazy it's it's in in the tournaments he's been playing to have been big ones australian open dubai uh australian open again (laughs) miami french open queen's club wimbledon like the protected ranking thing on the men's side gets abused a lot it's sort of it's tersonoff-esque what's happening here (laughs) with randy lou and i do like randy lou as a player generally i used to as i haven't watched him in a while he's one women's against sam query in miami uh randomly enough from ranked outside the top thousand, but it's kind of a joke. He's still in these events competitively, honestly. But anyway, uh, Randy Liu, shout out to him. There's some soft matches in this section for sure. You get your first round between Daniel Alahi Galan and Mohamed Safwat, uh, both outside top hundred. You get Serendolo, Francisco Serendolo, because I know there's two of them, against Liam Brody first round. You get uh, Thomas Barrios of Chile in this section here. There's just some, some names that you just would see being like, I don't know what's happened to this mental. That's what I was saying. There are some some chunks of raw dough in this cake a little bit in this draw. But I think it sets up really, really smoothly for Zverev, honestly. Um we'll see how how her catch turns around from Wimbledon, if he's able if he's at all burnt out or if he's inspired. But Zverev, I think, has to be really, really happy with this draw. Sonego as a seed is not really a known threat on hard courts. Uh, and uh, her catch is, is potentially tired, and Karatsev, I think, is flagging a bit. So I, I think Zverev to the medal round seems like a fairly safe safe prediction here. Yeah, I mean, Fucevic, as always, has his opportunity to upset a seed early in the tournament. Now, yeah. we talked about it again, Great Shot Podcast. Find it at CrackRackets.com. Find it wherever you listen to your shows. Hubi is another guy, much like Sabalenka, on the women's side, who you could just feel poised for a breakthrough sort of event here, who would be a sort of guy with his first serve, with his ability to capitalize on a player's tentativeness, his ability to move forward. That might be a tough quarterfinal for Alex Zverev. And this is the all-modern corner, right? In Zverev, Sinego, Herkots, Fuchvich, all guys 6, 3, 4, 5, 6, represent sort of the direction the men's game is going. I'm going to take a shot at your shot at Tomas Barrios Vera, who's had a ton of success at the challenger level this year. Um, certainly, uh, you know, Kristen Green, uh, 
chooses Gestad over Tokyo. That's another topic we explored on the, on our podcast. A bold choice by him, especially just given how open everything feels outside of Djokovic at these Olympics. But this this quarter, what about what, about, what about Shapo going? I know we talked about this on the show a little bit too, but Shapo playing Gestad instead yeah. of the Olympics. I mean, come on, two fifty. What's the number? Not even a clay lover, Shapo. What is that? What's the number? 250? 300? For how much? much money he got? Yeah. That's a good question. I mean, like, if it was knowingly I'm playing this instead of the Olympics, uh, yeah, I would think that's probably about what it is. And I for mean, the record, not, that's, not not nefarious, really 10, that's not a nefarious That's not a nefarious motive. Go do what you want to do. Like, he is at liberty to do whatever he wants, and he's also— Yeah, we're not, the, we're not the Canadian Olympic Committee. We're not the ones yeah, who are responsible for Canada. He's also medals. nursing a top-10 ranking, so you can sort of understand why— was that proper use of nursing? You made a face. I feel like he is nursing a top no, ten ranking. That's not what that is. Yeah, he is. No. It's nursing is no, that's what you do to like a beer or like a baby. Yeah, he's kind of. Are... Yeah, exactly. He's kind of like he's sipping on it. He's not really fully top ten yet, but he's sort of you know tending the... to. Yeah, okay. nursing yeah. and tending to are synonymous. Anyways, is right. point being. We'll leave it up to the listeners. Point being, this section is not the most dramatic. I do like the Tommy Paul Aslan Karatsev matchup. That's a fun one. That is like objectively, you know, two good-looking guys, two guys who play very fun tennis, who guys can who can make exciting things happen on the run. Um, that's fun. Liam Brody's been a great story on the Challenger Tour, as has Francisco. Nice Cicero to see Liam Nolo. in the draw. Nice yeah, the hipsters the are in on that match, but no, like. I, Fucevic, by the way, the heir apparent to the Tomas Burdich all-leg team. But yeah, Zverev, like, he, this, it worked out well for him. Like, it's a good draw. Yeah. He probably advances. Bottom section, bottom half here in the third quarter of the draw, the high seed is number three, Stefano Tsitsipas at number three. He opens against Philip Kohlschreiber, then could get uh, Francis Tiafo, who beat him first round of Wimbledon. It's an interesting chance for a rematch there. And then third round could possibly get Ugo Umber if it's another seed, number 14th seed there. Uh, Underhar Kekmanovic, Mitrzak floating around there as well. Uh, Tiafo plays, uh, I say Quan, and it's mm-hmm. th- anyway Tiafo opens against Quan, and then Diego Schwartzman is there as well. Uh, if it's a slow hard court, I would think Diego is in good shape at this tournament here. Um, although obviously it sets the passes too. And then actually Hachinov would like a slow hard court as well. The other seeds in this section: uh, twelve Hachinov, eight Diego Schwartzman. Uh, yeah, and this is another section where there's just some names that are just like this. There's a first round between Thomas Mashak and Joao Sosa, both well outside the top 100. Uh, Lucas Klein, ranked 246, not a name I'm familiar with, I gotta say. Uh, and I'm not saying this just to be like, wow, like you suck. I'm just saying, like, this is it's it's cool. The, the upside of all people who should be playing the Olympics not playing the Olympics is that a lot of people get to live this Olympic dream, and that's that's nice. That I'm sure Lucas Klein's taking lots of pictures in tokyo you know honestly like that's cool um but competitively it does make it i think a pretty sh- a, a pretty smooth ride for most of these seats one you know i would be interested in seeing Hachinov versus nishioka it's a hometown guy that's kind of a fun match be- talk about big strapping guy in, in Hachinov against against little yoshi yeah, uh no, so I mean... yeah so what what do you think of this sec- does it, so who makes it to the metal rounds of this section i think i think it's i, I don't really see hugo i don't think if it's a slow sir i'm now thinking it's slow if it's slow i don't love hugo um what do you think? I think he threw an H in there. Ugo. Ugo. Umber. Ugo. Ugo Humbert. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, I mean, 
Hopefully Lucas Klein gets to work those cardboard mattresses because I don't think he's going to work this draw. Like, it's <laughs> going to be tough for him. I would say I appreciate you justifying your challenger player slander to the tennis gods. That was much appreciated. Um, no, yeah, I mean. It's not slander. It's just it's the Olympics. No, right? I know. Like, that's what I'm saying. You are justifying it to the tennis gods. It makes sense. I'm not disputing any of the facts you made. I'm just pointing in observation. Um, all, Lucas Klein is the guy who got in because they started taking players yeah. off the doubles list. I did a full pot on Thomas. Uh, is it is it Matt? How do you pronounce his last name exactly? What are we going with? You did a full pod on how do you pronounce his name? I would love no, to hear that. No, we did a full pod on him. I just didn't want to say it incorrectly. I'm just wondering if you said it correctly on this full pod you did. Well, we definitely did. I listened to the ATP. I listened because they have him on the website. I'm not now. 100% sure, but I, I, would, yeah. say, I would say macaque. Ma- yeah, it's, it's, it's escaping. I won't say it incorrectly, but the young player out of the Czech know. Republic, one of many yeah. Young, talented Czechs right now. Yuri Lacheka. Uh, I could keep going. I'll save it for they are time. due. They are due a restocking yeah. of the shelves in Czech men's tennis. It's and and it right does now. look like they are. Um, look yeah. for Vic Kapriva. He's got a fun match tomorrow. I think he plays Shapovalov, actually, funny enough, yeah. in Gestad. So that's one to watch. But no, Nishioka Hachinov, I would argue, if you're a fan of Japanese tennis, the home crowd is more exciting and more winnable than the Rublev match. And like... I'm mm-hmm. I'm on yeah. the Kasmanovich bandwagon. I just like I just it's interesting. Like he just is interesting. He looks like a ball. He's a ball machine. And so on a slow court like this, I think he beats Umber. I think he's the seed who plays Tsitsipas in the third round. But yeah, you mentioned it. Slow surfaces. If we're agreeing with the suspect reports, then Tsitsipas in the second. Like it's boring, but uh, he he would be the guy here. I. I think it's Hatch weird. It's Schwartzman. weird as, as much as much as as much as there isn't like amazing depth, quote unquote, in terms of parity in men's tennis right now. The top four seeds we have in this, in the, the way the draw shook out, the top four seeds I think are fairly protected. Well, can like, I get, get I, back, getting back to my top fifteen club point? The five guys that are top fifteen and hold break percentage are Nadal, Djokovic, Zverev, Medvedev, and Rublev. That makes sense. Like those have been. Your five best players, Sans, Berrettini, Tsitsipas. I mean, yeah. Like, it makes sense that the, the numbers are saying what the they're eyes all, are also, saying. They're as well. all, that's not a very different list in the rankings, though, too. Yeah, but, but it, it, that's, which is why it all makes sense. It's like, if the numbers say it, if the rankings say it, if your eyes say it, we have a definitive top five right now, or, you know, top eight right now. Let's wrap this up with the bottom quarter. Daniil Medvedev <laughs> is in here as the number two. He gets a rematch of his first round at the French Open. You want to hear the top 50 club? I'm no, just kidding. I'm just against Bublik. <laughs> against Bublik, who's actually, this is one of the tougher first rounds, too. Bublik, obviously, a very up-and-down player. Uh, just played in Newport another at another grass event, so he's got a different sort of itinerary. Bublik, I think, can do some big things in doubles at this I think he can absolutely medal in the doubles. You saw how he just waltzed, slipped-walked through that French Open draw all the way to the final in doubles. I believe he's playing, I haven't checked the double shot, actually, but I assume he's playing with uh, Golubev again, right? I in Tokyo, so. so they can they can probably do some things. Obviously, Olympic doubles is different because everybody's actually trying harder, uh, for sure than it, than your average first rounds of slams when it comes to the singles guys because everyone because a double a medal's a medal. Uh, anyway, Medvedev gets a tough opener against Bublik, and then gets uh, Nagal or Istamin, and then Fanini, uh, who has not had a great year at all, uh, trending down for sure. Fanini, and then gets uh, maybe Cranio Busta, who's not a tough matchup for Medvedev, I wouldn't think. Although, you know, I mean, I would expect to hold his seed or at least get to the third round pretty easily with a draw that includes, well, actually, Chilich is in there, too. Chilich is trending up. Uh, but obviously, the, the master circle in this section is the two-time defending 
gold medalist Andy Murray. With all these guys' triple-digit rankings getting good draws, Andy Murray did not get one. He opens against Felix Oje Aliassime, which I think is a really bad draw for him. Like, seeing how that match went at the U.S. Open last year, mm-hmm. that was a demolition from Felix, and Felix has got to be feeling much better about his game than he was in New York last year after making his first second quarter final at Wimbledon, beating Zverev there. I think this draw sucks for Andy, and I'd be surprised. I think he could go out fairly soundly in Tokyo first round, and maybe just play some doubles. Uh, we'll see. But uh, yeah, what do you make of this section? Is is it Medvedev's to lose, and does Murray have a shot? If I was granted a time machine after going back to 1928 and going to Germany and being like, "Hey, Hitler, bad, stop him, please." Cousins helped. Thank you. Um, The next thing I would do after all the serious stuff would be to go to 2012, get Andy Murray, take him in a time machine, and be like, let's watch your 2021 Wimbledon match together because I just want to see how you react to watching yourself play because watching him slice out of corners is just devastating. And it's like the pace that FAA plays with is the exact sort of matchup. Wait, you'd want to go to find 2012 Wimbledon Andy Murray. No, and I just, would want and, and make him wa- have a bad day. No, want, I want to watch have him his go reaction. play. No, I would want to watch his reaction to watching 2021 Andy Murray because the entertainment. But he'd be so I, sad. No, he would be so angry. He'd be like, "How did I let this happen to myself?" Like, he'd I don't think he would, he'd be. He'd be. That sounds that sounds torturous. Counterpoint. Maybe he spends what? a little less time on the Versa climber in 2013, 14, 15. Yeah. He helps save those hips. I'm actually doing the tennis world a service. So you know, again, take your accusations out of here. Um, and it would be delightful. But this version of Andy Murray paces his weakness. And, like, how Oscar Ota lost that match, beyond me. How Nicholas Basilevsky lost that match, beyond me. Because for both of them, they had the power advantage. The match was on their rackets, and Murray escaped. And, like, yeah, he deserves credit for his cunning, for his guile, all He's of the Andy Murray. He's going to be a much yeah. better player and competitor than those guys. Yeah, but, like... But the tennis wasn't good. Like, uh, if we're being objective, when you're, Andy, when you're Andy Murray, when you're like, when you're first ballot Hall of Famer, like Andy but Murray. But I disagree. You it, know it, how to BS your way through a match at To a point, until you play a player who's good enough that's like, I don't know, your BS doesn't like fly Felix. here. Like Felix yeah, is that exactly. player. Exactly. Which is, yeah. you bring me to the crux of my argument, which is why Felix is a terrible match. Always happy to get round. you to the point. Yeah. Always happy to get you to the <laughs> Wait, point. Wait, can we go back to the time machine? What would you do? No. What would no. you do? That's not no pass. tennis related. You have one tennis related time machine ta- like thing. Do you go back to the slams and say? Maybe to fast forward from- to the end of this episode. Getting <laughs> derailed. Right, so Medvedev Sorry. is he is he making the medal rounds here? Is he going to complete the four for four of the top four? I'm guessing top four seeds across the board. This is atrocious. But here's the thing, like I, I mean, like I, I'm all for spicy picks. I just don't know where to find them in this draw. Well, it's also you know, yeah, again, we'll see, and we'll see how it goes. I mean, like maybe this is a perilous tournament to be projecting at all. We don't, I don't know, I can't remember honestly if we did draw shows in 2016 or 2012 for Olympics. I feel like we maybe did mm-hmm. a little bit at least, but the Olympics are a different beast, right? It's a different kind of pressure. People will, people will crash early and not or not. Like, maybe it's not a good idea to be written. Because right now it does feel, like, very chalky. And maybe we are in a moment of stability with this with the tours relative relatively. Where, like, the at, at least on paper, they make sense. Like, okay, Svitolina, I don't think, is really playing, like, a top eight player right now. She's a top eight seed. Although last time I said that, it was in Singapore 2018. And she went on and won the tournament. It was the only player who didn't belong in that field. So, you know, I don't know what I'm saying here. Yeah, I'll go, I'll go by the time machine to 2018 and say, hey, Svetlina's got a chance to Singapore. <laughs> All right? 
Uh, so, I was about to rip on you and say you tell me we have to wrap the show and then you bring up Singapore 2018. I know. I realized I was getting ridiculous, so I added a time machine <laughs> reference. No, I think I think this draw like again, things can happen in sports, yeah. but like they're especially on the men's side, they're 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 less proven, but there's a lot of cushion in this draw. There's also you know, a lot like, of players you get missing a, you get on a, the men's exactly. side. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. There's there's fewer threats. You get a second round against Istaman or Nagal. Mm-hmm. You're going to win that match. No Nadal, a, no Berrettini, no team. Like, those are all people who would be challenging the top four seeds in their section, and none of them are in this draw. Freaking team, man. Would yeah. love a slow hardcore. If it is slow, again. Love it. We'll see how it plays. Also, it's another thing that makes it weird about drafting. I don't know what – I mean, I've not seen this court, these conditions at all. The last Olympics in, in uh, Rio were very, very slow. The ones before that were in 2012 were really crappy grass courts. They got so chewed up on the first day. I remember that first match. So it's the first match on center court was Steve Darcy against. Do you remember who he played? This is deep cut. This is what tournament is this? 2012 Olympics, first men's first round, opening day. Who played the first match on center court? I'll give you a hint. Steve Darcy beat this player. Oh, if it was first round, it was an upset. Oh, it was a top ten seed. Was it Sanga? It's Burditch. Burditch. It was yeah. It was a uh, power hitter. I he beat, he beat Burditch, and they were both falling down all over the place. And they had like yeah. a before and after on NBC or whatever channel it was. Bravo. Who knows what it was shine Olympics yeah. tennis that year, of like how green the court looked before the match, like during the first point, and then like how brown it was by the like the end of the first. Yeah. set. Like it was so chewed up so fast that match. Yeah. Anyway, so we're not gonna have that in Tokyo. Uh, it was a hard court. It'll stay pretty solid. But yeah, we'll see how it goes. I think. And then if it gets there, I think Djokovic is a it's a big favorite against uh, a Zverev in the semis, and you know it would take some doing. It's just me a question again for Djokovic. It's all down to him. It's all down to how he holds up mentally, physically, emotionally in a situation. We know last time he played an empty stadium tournament, a fully empty stadium tournament, I believe, for the whole way was U.S. Open, and he got himself defaulted there. He couldn't his he, he overloaded and, and malfunctioned, and uh, to use machine terms for him, which he's not a machine, obviously. And uh, yeah, so it's gonna be Novak's got to watch for the men. Osaka's got to watch for the women. The woman, the gal to watch for the women, and uh, we'll see how it goes. I'm just Final imagining thoughts? now people aggregating this podcast and reporting like Ben Rothenberg reports off of a report that there are slow courts at the Olympic, and it's like <laughs> a miscellaneous report. And it's like yeah. miscellaneous doesn't mean that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, I, I, I did, I did hear that it's slow, which makes yeah. sense because it's a brand new hardcore. No. You know, you got to play on a court to make it fast. Absolutely. Um, and no, it, yeah. it's interesting because then I got into the wormhole of, well, we thought Japan would rig the courts to make them fast for Naomi. And I was like, please. Um, although, that you know, that's my sort of content. Well, so Naomi doesn't need fast courts. I mean, she well, does fine on, like, yeah, she's any hardcore. Hard yeah, I was going to say, just a hardcore. She went um, in Wells. Yeah. yeah I Look, the, the big storylines now to go full picture, full circle here – I would love to see any of these top seeds take off. Obviously, on the men's side, who can beat Djokovic? I don't think it's anyone. I won't get into the odds sort of thing. Well, do you want to know the odds for him right now? Is that something that flies with the no challenges remaining? He's minus 150 right now, which just feels low. Which means that he's favored against the field. Which, yes, but but not by as much as he normally would. Like, you would think, given how he's coasted through these Grand Slams, you would think it'd be more so... I think they just think the conditions are going to be weird. And you're right. Until we see the tennis unfold, it's hard to know for sure. That said, that's the men's side. Women's side, always parody, always exciting. If four different semifinalists make it than the Grand Slams this year, can we say that the stat is there have been 16 different semifinalists at the four major events this year coming out of the Olympics? Because there have been 12 different semifinalists through the first three slams of the season. For the women you're talking yeah, about. For yes. the women, for the women. All right, so let's play that game very quickly. 
If it's four new yeah, semifinalists, like who is it? Look, pull up your women's draw. Who's making it if it's four new ones? So it has to be Benchich or Pagula from the from the top quarter here, I think. Mm, I'll Doi pick Pagula. Army? Doi Army? You're going to take that? <laughs> um, I'm picking Pagula. I'm taking Yastrzemski. No. Uh, oh, actually, Olympic, something funky happens. She goes down swinging. Yeah, I mean, Pagula's the logical pick, but to be different than you, I would like Yastrzemski is the interesting one. Take Yastrzemski. Go for it. Yeah. All right. So next next quarter new semifinalist, I would take Vitova. I'll take Rabakina. All right. And that's the one I feel best about, by the way. Although Kudermatova was the winner through the first third of the season, but Mm, Rabakina. This quarter's tough. I would take I would take Ons. Wait, did Rabakina yeah, Rabakina didn't make a semifinal. Um No. no. I would take Shabur for third quarter. Who didn't make a Kontave. Duh. All right. And fourth quarter. Or Ostapenko. Ostapenko hasn't made a quarterfinal, right? Oh, no, semifinal. We're talking about semifinal. Oh, sorry, excuse me. She hasn't made a semifinal. No, she hasn't right? made a semifinal, but I'm so taking Ons. So that's not a bad one either. I'll take Kontave. All right, and bottom quarter, I'm taking uh, Shviontek. Ooh. Ooh, 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 ooh. It's got to be Shviontek. There's no oh, other yeah, choice duh. here. Yeah, duh. duh. I forgot right. what the parameters were for the decision, and I was like, dark horse. I was like, no, 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 just not semifinalist. Uh, yeah, Iga, duh. So there we go. Alex Gruskin, thank you very much for being on NCR. Have a lovely rest of your Friday. May I quickly plug? Yes, please. First of all, tell people where to hear the other longer episode we did. Oh, this one got longer than I expected, but yeah. uh, tell people the, the other episode we did. Well, if you need uh, a second hour of Olympic talk between Ben Rothenberg and myself at Great Which Job Which is blissfully free of Joe Biden impressions unless you yes, edited well, them in. No, I did one in the intro outro. You didn't hear it. Um, I'm really trying to uh, – impo- uh, Im- what's the word? Uh, workshop. Impose it, uh, impose it upon my listeners. Um, Work but, on it, improve it before it, you put it out there again maybe. Yeah. Dainu is what we'd say in my culture. But you can find – all of the podcasts at crackrackets.com. Ben joins me to talk Olympics. We've had you know familiar guests to this podcast. David Kane was on the show recently. We we had the man behind Tennis Abstract, Jeff Sackman, on the show. We've had a bunch of great guests, including Ben, of course, as well. So go check all of that out. Crackrackets.com. We're overdue to have David Kane back on. We need to have David Kane back on at some uh, point. No, he's actually he signed an exclusive deal. Sorry, Tennis. Oh podcast well, good for him. Good I actually don't. That's not true. Let's for let's be clear. Thanks for being here, Gretzky. Enjoy the Olympics. We'll talk to you again soon. I'll see you soon. Thank you. So thank you very much to Alex Gruskin for being on NCR. And as we mentioned there in the show, this was a crossover episode of sorts, as I was also a guest on his Great Shot podcast this week, also talking about Olympic tennis from a much more macro, zoomed-out perspective. We recorded that before the draw came out. And a link to that episode of Us Together on his side is in the description of this one on our show notes. Also in the description of this episode, and forever written in our hearts, is our thanks to all of you who have supported NCR on Patreon. Uh, We actually have not gotten any new backers during the month of July, I realized recently. But love still always having the continued support of over 300 of you. One is silver and the other gold, as they say in preschool. But if you'd like to be a new backer a new preschool friend of ours for life or however long you want, you can do so at patreon.com slash no challenges remaining. And you'll get all sorts of bonus video content there, like Courtney seeing if she can pick Casper Rude out of a photo lineup and also hours of bonus audio episodes with me and Courtney doing listener mailbags at length and stuff like that as well. And you'll get to hear your name on an episode uh, or not. If you wish for us not to say your name, you can tell us that and we will happily accommodate all of these great Patreon folks at the Slam Champ level or above get to hear their name on every episode. And they are Susanna W., Sean Mulroy, Mary Carrillo, Leah Williams, Liz Kennel, 
Jonathan Weinbaum, Sean Simeon, Antonio Maycumber, Anna Valinder, Timothy Liu, Ashley Keel, and our GOAT backers, Nicole Copeland, Pam Shriver, and J.O.D. As we wait, the bronze, silver, and gold. Sayonara. Make new friends, but keep these-